Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson, excited to be with you today as we will be joined by Solomon Wilcots, longtime NFL analyst, former player, and gosh, he's got some good insight to share with us today, football-wise, life-wise, some encouragement in our faith, and I think you'll enjoy uh, the conversation that we have with him. And, And so... If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm a, a broadcasting nerd. I, se- I studied it, celebrated it. I studied it in college at App State, and of course, I, I have been on radio and all that sort of thing. But I, I keep an eye on just broadcast trends, and I, I love, as I watch football, I'm listening to the broadcast. And so Solomon Wilcots used to be on CBS in the booth, so I asked him about some of the changes, and some of the new analysts that essentially took his job. Um, But he, I mean, he just had a great answer uh, to that. And so I'm curious for you as a listener, like, and and just as a sports fan, how much do you care about who's broadcasting the game? So, like I said, I'm a nerd. Where, where do you come out on that? And and so I'd love to hear from you, Bryce at unpacking it.com. Either way, if you never think about it, you never care. I still think what Solomon uh, says will be interesting to you. And the next time you listen to the game, uh, you may your ears may perk up a little bit. So anyway, that that's uh, that's coming here soon. Uh, but he's an Emmy Award winning broadcaster and uh, and just a, a really nice guy. So um, stick around at the end. We'll, we'll touch on uh, one of the topics. I'll unpack it a little bit further. Before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? We'll go to Health Market Genius. Dot com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Also, if you haven't signed up for the Unpack This devotional, I hope you'll check out unpackingit.com and be sure to subscribe to the weekday devotional that takes a current sports story, relates it to the Bible, relates it to our own lives, and you receive it in your inbox Monday, Wednesday, Friday for free. So check out unpackingit.com. Well, here we go. It's Solomon Wilcots on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast. Right now, we are joined by former NFL safety Solomon Wilcox. He played six seasons in the league after being drafted out of Colorado in the 1987 draft. He spent time with the Bengals, Vikings, and Steelers. He has had an award-winning broadcasting career since his playing days, spending time at ESPN, CBS, and the NFL Network. 
He can be heard on Sirius NFL Radio, and he's the co-host of Believe in Bengals podcast with Pac-Man Jones. Solomon, it's great to have you back on Unpacking It. How are you? Bryce, I'm doing great, and uh, good to be back on with you. All right. Well, you know, we got to start with the Bengals because, really, they're one of the kind of surprise storylines of the season coming off a huge win against Baltimore and and I know you're you're very tapped in and, and keeping an eye on them especially uh with this podcast which I, I want to ask you about but but as far as kind of where we're at four and two you know how hesitant are you how optimistic are you like what's the uh kind of excitement level from your perspective at this point in the season with how well they've played well uh many of us are still surprised particularly after you know Sunday's win over uh, the Baltimore Ravens made them five and two. So they're actually tied uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, but in first place in the AFC North division. And it was the first time they've ever beaten the Ravens with Lamar Jackson as the Ravens starting quarterback. He had come into the game five and zero against the Cincinnati Bengals, but things have changed in Cincinnati uh, with Joe Burrow coming to town. And now that they've been able to pair him up with this former LSU teammate, uh, Jamar Chase, who's really did struggle during the preseason, but now he's hit the ground running. He's, he said that he was going to set records when he was drafted by, by the Bengals with the fifth overall pick. And boy, has he lived up to it. As you well know, he just set a rookie receiving record with the most receiving yards through the first seven games of an NFL career. So this guy is, is doing big things. Well, two things that, that just, I think, add to the surprise – one is a lot of people were questioning when the Bengals drafted a receiver over alignment. So that was the big decision, you know, that early in the draft. So, so first we'll start there. What did you make of the, the choice? And then what do you say now to maybe the naysayers at that point? You know, I was one of the people who were in the Panay Sewell camp because yeah. I, I just was so afraid for Joe Burrow after what I saw happen last year, throwing the ball some 41 times per game through the first 10 games of the season. And then he was injured um, playing against the Washington football team, went in to play that game against a team that had five first-round picks on this defensive line. I had this fear and trepidation waking up that very morning thinking if if our quarterback can survive that kind of game. And he ended up suffering a season-ending knee injury. So going into this season, that was the context that pretty much everyone had Look. Do, do everything you can to protect them. And we thought yeah. getting that lockdown left tackle uh, was the answer. And now I didn't quibble <laughs> with the selection of Jamar Chase because I knew how good he was. And he was by far the number one wide receiver on the board. There was him and everybody else and no one else compared to him. So when they drafted him, I saw him as another pick similar to the one they made in 2011 when they took, you know, A.J. Green. I knew he was a a bona fide blue chip player that would change and impact the franchise. Well, and so I guess in some ways we've seen, you know, similar setups with the Bengals with a you know good quarterback, Carson Palmer and, and AJ Green, like you mentioned, and Andy Dalton had a nice career in, in Cincinnati. What's different about this version of the Bengals and 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 what what do you say to the the Bengals fans as far as being optimistic with this being different? It's Joe Burrow. It's mm. Joe Burrow. And and I watched him every single game during that 2019 season. I mean, I had already knew his story, knew that Urban Meyer had mm. chosen to play Dwayne Haskins over him, and I knew that he transferred. 
Wasn't a lot of takers. Uh, UCLA and LSU are the only two teams he chose to go down there and play with Joe Brady and in that offense. And this is a guy with supreme confidence in his ability. And his, he's a son of a coach. He's from that uh, northeastern corner of the state of Ohio. And in that area, traditionally, a lot of great players from that area, um, um, southwest corner of Pennsylvania, northeast corner of Ohio, um, where the steel mills are, um, where um, a lot of blue-collar workers, people who have sort of been left behind in this country, so to speak. Um, this is the area across the Pennsylvania line where Jim Kelly, Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, and in that northeastern corner, these guys play football, and they play it for the love of the game, hardworking cats. And that's where Joe Burrow's from. You heard him talk about it when he um, won the Heisman Trophy. He has a spirit about him, an intellect about him, where he truly understands this game. You're going to hear a lot of comparisons to Tom Brady. And hmm. it's not because they think he's going to be that great. It's because of the foundational things that he has, the love for the game, the hard work that he has, and this intuitive sense of how to create his own opportunities at the line of scrimmage pre-snap. On hmm. Sunday, the Ravens blitzed him on every single play, and he just began to carve them up. Hmm. He clicked. He found and figured out um, where the weak points were. And one of those weak points was get the ball to not only Jamar Chase, but he knew that the tight end, C.J. Uzama, could win against that defense, and he did. And that's what broke the game open um, in the second half in the third quarter with two touchdowns to C.J. Uzama, and then they really blew it wide open with the run game. So he's got a competitive spirit about him, Bryce, that I think sets him apart from all of these other young quarterbacks that may be talented, and they look good in the pocket. And I'm not knocking Carson Palmer because I love Carson Palmer. I thought he could be the great quarterback the Bengals had never had. And then – Andy Dalton, but this guy is different than all the other guys. I, I love it. And and I guess what's interesting with, with so many young quarterbacks starting as quickly as they do, you know, we, we like to make quick judgments on these guys. But with Joe Burrow, it's it's evident, it's obvious, it's like this guy's different. And so when you do look at some of the other young quarterbacks, especially what five guys have started this year as rookies. Uh, do you make any other uh, proclamations about the other young quarterbacks in the league where you can say, yep, this guy, this guy's special too, or, or even on the other, on the flip side, say, ah, I don't think this guy's going to, going to cut it. Hey, can you already do that for anybody else? I think it's too early to tell. I think it's such a small sample size um, that this is way too early to tell. I, I, I'll give you an example. If, if you were sitting here in the 2012 season, you know what we'd be talking about? You know what all the rage would be about RG3, uh, Robert Griffin III. Yep. Um, and, 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 luck. and, well, no, because that guy was the um, offensive rookie of the year. He was yeah. the Heisman Trophy winner. Mm -hmm. So it was, I'm just telling you, that's the small sample size that it was, it was RG3 was all the rage. He went on to take that team to the, to the playoffs and he ended up getting, the AFC, he got the rookie of the year in the National Football League over Andrew Luck. That's yeah. what I'm trying to tell you. That okay. small sample size would lead you to believe something that over time that we now know isn't true. That Andrew Luck was the head of the class. And oh, by the way, in the third round that very same year, this guy named um, Russell Wilson was also selected, who was actually turned out to be better 
than all of those guys taken in the 2012 draft, including Brian Tannehill. So Ooh. see, so the big picture gives you uh, gives you just a more clear picture of how things work out. And so we forgot about Tannehill. Sometimes we forgot about Russell Wilson. And at that moment, if you would have went eight, seven weeks into the season, all the rage was really about RG3 and not about those other guys. And Kirk Cousins was in that. That draft That's class, too. Exactly right. He certainly he, sure he, was. He, he played sure pretty was. well this year. That's right. uh, no, that's a good good perspective. So uh, I, I do want to hear more about your uh, your podcast because you're you're covering the the Bengals and you're doing this this podcast with Pac-Man Jones, and so it's called Believe in Bengals, uh, and so it's a it's a podcast you can find anywhere. Uh, so how fun has this been? And you know, when people hear the name Pac-Man Jones, they they, they think of all the you know, different things from his his yeah. career. What what have you uh, grown to appreciate about him and, and and doing this with him? Well, you should know that when I got the call from the Believe Podcast Network to start a podcast uh, that um, exclusively focuses on the Cincinnati Bengals, I got the call um, to do that podcast, and I was told that you could pick anyone you want in the market, anyone who's maybe their former player, maybe they're a reporter who covers the team. You know, I had the option to go with anyone. And I said, how about Adam Pac-Man Jones? And I didn't know what their response would be. Hmm. Um, and they were like, wow, that's an interesting take. Tell us more. In other words, why would you leverage this opportunity and bet on someone like Adam Pac-Man Jones? And I know what the outside perspective is. And, and, and Adam will tell you, say, look, I understand why people think what they think about me. But I'll, I'll share this with you. There are some things about him that people don't know. That he doesn't go around waving the flag um, trying to get credit for. But I'll, I'll just kind of share this with you. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals. He played for Jerry Jones. You know, both of those owners would stand on the table for Adam Pac-Man Jones. And you got to ask yourself, well, why would they do that? Hmm. Because they know that the narrative, the outside narrative on him is totally untrue. It's mixed with some things that are true. Hmm. But it's also shrouded. Uh, a lot of the good things there are shrouded by some things that are untrue. And Mike Brown once told me, and I can quote him on this. He said, Saul, do you know if that, it's amazing, if that guy were born to maybe any other different circumstance, it's no, it's no wondering what he could have become. This is coming from a guy who's an owner in the National Football League, he's got a law degree, who's a graduate at Dartmouth, <laughs> okay, who played quarterback at Dartmouth, did Mike Brown, the son of the late, great Paul Brown. That's what he had to say about Adam Pac-Man Jones, because he understands he's a very bright, very smart man. He really is. He's got a, an intuitive sense about him. And the fact that he's still here with us, despite that a lot of the things that he's been through in his life, I think is a testament um, that he's here for a purpose. And, mm -hmm. and if, if people really got to, I, I'm not here to, kind of throw bouquets at him or any of that stuff. I'm not here to try to help him clean up an image. No, we're just trying to do a podcast and I'm giving him the opportunity to show people who he really is, what he's really about and give him an opportunity to grow as a young man. He lives in the same community as I do. I live in a very conservative community. Um, the people here, they get to know you for who you are, not what people say about you. And I can tell you right now, he's one of the most beloved people in the community. I can't tell you how many people I meet, business owners, moms and dads, they like they love Adam Jones. That's what they call him. Adam, we That's oh my cool. goodness. And 
So, you know, these are people who know him. And, uh, and they also uh, have seen uh, moments where the guy's out having a good time. And so you know, I tell him all the time, I said, you're like Jesse James. You're like, you're like the guy who's the fastest gun in the West. You've got this reputation. And, you know, Jesse James is a guy that kind of, you know, took care of people in his own community. He took care of his mom, you know, he and his brother Frank. And for whatever reason, no matter where he was at, people wanted to try him. You know, somebody, wow. it's like the fastest gun in the West. There's always somebody think they're better and they provoke and want to try him. And uh, and so he's working to get better at just walking away from those moments. Ah, uh, that's that's cool. Well, no, it's great that you're a part of his life and 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 uh, being a part of this podcast. So uh, so that's really neat. And and now covering a, a Bengals team that's that's looking strong and, and off to an incredible start. So uh, very very cool. Well. You've been uh, such a, a longtime broadcaster and, and multiple networks, and, and I'm curious just to get your, your thoughts and somewhat uh, on the outside looking in. Uh, for one, there's a couple new young analysts, relatively young after their playing career, uh, you know, guys like Tony Romo, Greg Olson just joined the booth, and, and you spent 16 years uh, in the booth with, with CBS. And so I'm just curious your, your thoughts on some of the, the, the younger, you know, the kind of next generation of of analysts uh, that are following in, in your footsteps uh, in, in that career path. Uh, does anybody jump out to you? Keep Tlaib is kind of a unique guy uh, coming in with a new style. Uh, what, what's your take? I like all those guys. I really do. I like, I like even more that the networks, it, it wasn't like this when I came in, uh, that the networks literally tailor the broadcast to their, to the style of the former player, the former athlete. Yeah. Um, I remember at one time saying, man, there ain't a whole lot of people who could do this kind of job. You know, it's just, mm. it's going to be rare. And I remember talking to um, then commissioner Paul Tagliabue, who was really very warm and receptive to the opportunity given to me to do the games. And he said, we want to get more um, players like yourself that really can articulate the game. People need to be able to see the eyes they need to see the game through the eyes of former players. And the networks have done a really good job of shaping the broadcast and how the story of the game is going to be told through the eyes of the analysts. Mm. I think there always had been this sort of push-pull. Who's going to be the star? Is it going to be the play-by-play guy? Is it going to be the, the analyst? And I always thought it was a team. I thought it was not about that. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, if you wanted to really steer the broadcast toward the analyst, unless he was some future Hall of Famer, it just didn't happen. You know, you didn't get producer, director, executive producers and play by play guys saying, hey, let's build it around him. Let's put it. And then I thought with Tony Romo, that's exactly what happened. They they were um, I think they were very cognizant uh, that Tony had a certain kind of personality a certain kind of insight. In fact, I know the producer who worked with him and I know they wanted to build it um, around him and they wanted to use uh, every quarterback from Peyton Manning on. I mean, imagine if you ask Peyton and if you watch what Peyton is doing on the Monday night deal with his brother, he and Eli, they could tell you what's getting ready to happen. Oh, they're getting ready to go here now. Oh, he's checking to this quarterbacks because they know the language. They can see the sets. I would only do it um, only in certain situations on third down, short yardage and goal line and down inside the red zone, and then the final two minutes of each half. Mm. Quarterbacks can do it down in and down out. I don't think that's what listeners or viewers want. 
It's kind of like watching a movie. You don't want someone who's seen the movie already to tell you, here's what's getting ready to happen. Here's what's exactly. getting ready to happen. So yeah. you got to pick, I think you got to pick your moments. And that's what I used to do. I think uh, they leveraged, they really built it more around Tony where he could do it at strategic moments. And people were like, wow, we never saw that happen before. It's happened before. <laughs> I did it for years. I know some other guys that did it. We kind of picked our spots. But the fact that they're doing that now with a, a keep to lead, on Fox, yep. I think Gus Johnson is the right play-by-play announcer who yep. will defer to Aqib Tlaib. He knows how to set up Aqib Tlaib. Hey, you know, uh, particularly a, a certain matchup at, for a corner, a defensive back, and he knows how to pitch it into the wheelhouse uniquely designed for that analyst. And I think that's what we see now happening more. You're going to get more of that for Greg Olson. And these guys are able to shine. And, and I think this is how we should have always been doing it. I think we should continue to do it. And I think the more um, that you can tailor it for the for the um, former athlete, and, and I can tell you right now, if you go back and listen to some of the sound bites by Howard Cosell, he was adamant about not doing that. And as hmm. much as I liked Howard Cosell, he thought there was something wrong, and he railed against it and preached against you know the athletes coming into the broadcast booth, taking a job from that student who went to college to study broadcast and spent years toiling away in some small market den. And uh, now the athlete leaves the field without no training and walks right into the job. He's That's exactly what he said. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what he that's said. That's a good impression. I like it. No, it's, no, it's fascinating to me. And, and even as someone, I'm a big Jim Nance fan and listen closely to him. He's changed with Romo. So kind of to your point, he's he's adjusted even his style and he's loosened up to go along and kind of his enthusiasm with Romo has been refreshing. So I think that's uh, that's been fun to hear. And then you, met, you mentioned Peyton and Eli. So I'm a huge fan of this on Monday night. <laughs> yeah. What about yeah. what about for you? As kind of, you know, you, you like the classic okay. booth, I'm sure, which I do too, but this is refreshing. You know, I've always told Peyton, you know, years I call his games. You know, I'd just be talking to him in our production meetings. I said, Peyton, one day, dude, you're going to be doing this. You're going to be calling games. I said, you're going to be the best step. You're going to be the best. <laughs> I, tell, I'm t- I still tell him. I, I, he's going to – any job he wants, particularly I, – because I know his personality. I know his acumen. I know the IQ. This guy is phenomenal. I could just tell you right now. And, and Peyton is so gracious. I think he's waiting for the right opportunity if he decides to do it. He can, he will be the absolute best and fans are going to enjoy him. And now they're getting a chance to enjoy him over this, what we call second screen experience of the Monday night game. And I think he's doing it for Eli. You know, he loves his brother. Now I can tell you, I've always known this and he, he'd do anything for his younger brother. And, uh, and they're both, I think the way they come off, you know, this is quintessential Archie Manning. (laughs) <laughs> their their father is one of the most classy men, one of the most dignified gentlemen uh, that you'll ever meet. And uh, I've always known that about Archie. I've had the opportunity to meet him and, and come in contact and sit and talk with him. And I, I can tell you right now, I have such high praise for him as a person, as a father, and as a man. And, and I've known the boys for a while. They, they're phenomenal. And um, I'm really happy for, for Eli. I'm happy for Peyton. And now I'm happy that you know, football fans get to see them for who and what they really are. I think they're one of our national treasures. I really do. I believe that. Uh, I know that's high praise, but I, I believe that in a lot more that 
they've made our league better. And uh, I, something tells me we're not done yet. Something tells me Cooper's son, Arch, he's going to be playing That's in this right. league also. So their, their gift to us just keeps coming. <laughs> just keeps coming. <laughs> Cooper's awesome, too. I always love him oh, on TV. He's he, he's, he's phenomenal. Listen, he's, he wrote, he's top of the class when it comes to the personality now. He, Absolutely. This guy's phenomenal. He's, he's in his own right, really is. That's right. Yeah, you, you said you're you're happy for Peyton. You're happy for Eli. I'm happy for myself because Monday nights I'm set. I'm 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 yeah. sitting back and, and I'm so entertained and and it's it's awesome. So I've 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 enjoyed it very much. So all right. So I love I love talking football. I love talking broadcasting. I also love talking faith. And and we had yeah. John uh, last time and, and heard a little bit about your your faith journey. But uh, what, what I'm curious today, you know, these last year year and a half has just been challenging, and and so all of us have you know, different ways we've responded, but, but I'm curious for you, in what ways has your faith been challenged or has it been strengthened and, and grown, you know, just within the, the last year or so? And what are some of those even lessons learned that they maybe can be an encouragement to, to somebody listening today? There's no doubt that it's been trying times. I mean, for our country, I love this country. I love the United States of America. Um, I grew up and was born and raised in California. My father is a pastor of the church that I grew up in. Um, And I grew up with a lot of cousins, a lot of extended uh, family members who we all grew up in the church. And our grandmother was in the church every single Sunday. And we'd have big Sunday dinners after church. And then we'd go back to church in the afternoon. And then we'd go have another meal, come back in the evening. I mean, we, we were in church every single Sunday, all day. And that's just what I knew. And that's what I grew up. And, uh, and I, so I was always surrounded by love and good, positive people and, 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 and taught to see the world optimistically because mm. that's what our faith teaches us. And, mm. and so the political climate um, that's been very um, toxic um, to have people turning on one another based on race, based on gender, based on class, based on economics, based on whether or not they've got a vaccination or not. Um, These things are just, they're so, um, they're so disappointing Mm. and it's so toxic that um, there's just only one way truly to understand it. And through much prayer, you know, I've asked, show me what, what is going on in our world. And it really is about uh, our spiritual journey. Um, all the things that we see are nothing more than a distraction, right, from uh, from what is the spiritual world. You and I both know this. There are things that that are not seen that are among us, okay? Yeah. Whenever you are conf- conflicted and perplexed and like, what the heck is going on? And it seems to be so overwhelming. You need mm-hmm. to understand that there is a spirit amongst us that wants to keep us divided, Um, that doesn't want to see us unify, that certainly doesn't want to see us be respectful and loving and kind to one another, that doesn't want to offer second chance forgiveness for people who have, who have really done the wrong thing. (laughs) You know, there are people who are good, wonderful people who are capable of acts of, of, of things that, that we call sin. And that's why you you hear uh, Derek Carr talking about his coach, John Gruden, love the man, hate the sin. That's the perfect way to respond 
Amen. to someone who, who, who has tripped up and done something that we can all agree on that's not cool, right? Yep. We can all agree on that, but we need to understand to still offer forgiveness for people uh, when we all uh, make mistakes because none of us are perfect. So that's, I just wanted to kind of give you those few examples um, and, and understand that it is a spiritual journey. And, and if you understand that it's a spirit thing, that it's not a Democrat or Republican thing, that it's not a this president or that president thing, it's not a good guy or a bad guy thing. It's a, it's a, it's a spirit that's always been here amongst humanity that does not want us to get along, that does not want us to love one another. But since, say, the first pioneers who sat foot on this continent uh, came over and decided they had to work together in order to survive. Mm. If they didn't work together to till the ground and to save up, right, and to store up food, they weren't going to survive the winter. And I think it's only when we are um, tested through tough and difficult times that we realize we need each other. And so that's how I come out of this with great optimism saying that, you know what, we're, we're in some tough times now. Um, you know, this isn't the first plague that has ever, um, you know, swept across, um, you know, um, humanity where it's taken people away from us, people that we love, people that we care about. People had to make personal choices in terms of how they're going to go about their lives and take and protect themselves and protect their community and protect family members so that we all can survive the winter of these times. And that's mm. my focus is really about helping people to understand, hey, at the end of the day, if your thinking isn't about loving people mm. and thinking about how we can be unified, how we can stick together, then it's a detriment to humanity because that's the only way that humanity can survive and progress moving forward is if we all stick together, not just mm. people from my tribe or from your tribe and going off into our corners. No, it's uh, humanity needs something from everybody. It requires all of us to participate to ensure our survival. Amen. Amen. Well said, Solomon. Really appreciate that. And I, I would, it's almost leading me to think just of the, of the word sacrifice too. And, and just, you know, we, we we talk about it in sports and we, and we see it and we realize, all right, you got to sacrifice for the betterment of the team. Right. And, and that, that word just kind of, kind of even sums up what, what you were saying as well. I don't know if you have anything to add to no, that. It, it really does. And that sacrifice is, it's not about me. It's yeah. about others. It's about mm. others. And that's what I think about it, whether or not, and I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. I'm just giving you my examples in terms of how I view things and um, how I, look and move to make it all work and to make sense of it all. For one, I have to be loving. And, and when you're loving, you think of others first. You put others first. And that's the sacrifice that we all make. Think about community. Think about what it means to commune together. My survival is ensured because whatever I don't have, you have, Bryce. And whatever you don't have, I have to give to you. We're going we're gonna to share these resources, right? But every individual... Uh, is making some kind of sacrifice to ensure that the team, that the team could be taken care of. I tell people all the time, the National Football League is one of the best examples of what unity is all about. You have 32 teams that compete against one another, but economically <laughs> on the balance sheet, they all share resources all to ensure yeah. their survival, right? The worst team gets the best gifts. 
right? They yeah. get the first overall pick in the draft. They get awarded <laughs> the best player. If that player is cut from one team, the team with the worst record gets awarded that player. They make yeah. sure that the resources are distributed to the to the um, maybe the guys that that's at the bottom of the totem pole. But when mm. we do that in our society, it's it's cloaked with terms that have have bad connotations. So socialism, liberal, and whatever. And it just helps somebody. <laughs> why right. we got? Why do you have to label and helping someone and give it some bad label that makes it now not okay to do so? And so the That's NFL, right. they maybe get it. They, I mean, they're sharing resources. They're taking not one team in any given year, even during a global pandemic, finished in the red. How about that? Not one. Not wow. one. That's right. That's good. Sacrifice. Yeah, and it doesn't. That's about sacrifice. That's it. And yeah, it doesn't doesn't mean the government has to tell us how to do it. We do it out of the love that Christ has shown us. And so we lead the way. We lead the way with that, with the sacrifice and the giving and the love. And that's that's what we want to represent as followers of Jesus. So um, so that's a wonderful uh, encouragement and and message. Well, uh, Solomon, I guess as we uh, as we as we wrap up. So we're seven weeks through the season now. So, yeah, you corrected me. Five and two. The Bengals are so seven weeks. is there are there two teams that you say, hey, these are the two teams to beat? These are these are my my Super Bowl you know favorites at this point. Uh, who who jumps out to you? Because I think it's kind of a little bit wide open outside of the buck. The three teams. There's the NFC is so crowded. Yeah, it's crowded, and right now, and I, it's going to be shocking because I'm not going to name Arizona. Mm. The three teams that right now for me that just resembles the two, the three teams are going to be hard to beat, and that's Tampa. It's the Rams and it's the Cowboys mm. because those two, they play great defense and the offense has a component where they can, they can run the football. They can get physical and run the ball. And then the quarterbacks are experienced enough to not flinch during those big games. And they have the experience in those big moments. You know, Matthew Stafford set a single season record for the most comfort behind wins in a single season. When he was in Detroit, he set that record. When he said that, right. So he's a baller now. He's a game. Yeah. And that's the stuff that I'm not ready. Arizona's a very young team. They have some veterans they did bring over, but at some critical positions, they're still very young. Um, they're not running the ball, I think, with a great physicality, even though I think they're forming and shaping it to the team. You know, still yet to be seen. The defense is playing phenomenal. So I, I like what Vance Joseph is doing on that side of the ball. So you can, and maybe in a month or two, we can add them to that list of those NFC teams. On the AFC side, I, I think Buffalo is is a phenomenal team. And I think the teams that you got to watch out for outside of them are going to be uh, the Raiders. I think the Bengals are, are another one of those teams. And the Tennessee Titans are capable of beating anyone. And if, if the defense showed up in Kansas, Kansas City, I would put them in that list. But I'm not going to do that for now. Uh, yeah. But those are the teams that... I see trending and in, in, remember this is a this is a week to week deal. These teams oh, take yeah. a new different shape and form every single week, and the confidence and sort of like a metal that's being forged through fire. Mm. We don't know what we're going to get on the other side when we pull them out of the out of the cauldron, if you will. Um, and, but that's these are the teams that I think are trending towards having the metal 
to become championship teams. I like it. I, I don't think you mentioned the Raiders or the Colts. Those are two other teams in the AFC that are interesting. I mean, it's just, it's why I mentioned the Raiders. I did mention the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. You did say the Raiders. Yeah, okay. The Raiders, yeah. Five, five and two Raiders. So the Colts, yeah. or the, maybe, maybe the other team that you meant kind of growing, pushing through, they got through the weather game. And, and I thought yeah. that was an effective mm-hmm. one. So uh, it's fun. It's been a great start to the season. And, uh, Happy for your your Bengals at this point. So uh, so pretty cool. But solid man. Appreciate the wisdom. Appreciate you being a part of unpacking it today. Great catching up with you. Enjoy the rest of the season and, and look forward to the next time we talk. Bryce, you're a good man. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, have me on your show. I love coming on with you and sharing some nuggets. So thank you for the opportunity. You take care and have a good day. Absolutely. You too. There's Solomon Wilcox joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. So there's Solomon Wilcox with us on Unpacking It. And I I bet as you listen, you thought that last part of the conversation was somewhat interesting. You know, Thinking about the NFL and how you know they share in the revenue and all of that, and and so I, I know that many people listening, you know, you don't like that concept, maybe in the, the grander scheme of things in, in our own economy or, or whatever. Um, for one, I'm not an, an economist, I'm not a political guy, uh, but I'm a Jesus guy, and and I do think the message behind what what Solomon was saying there is really encouraging that we've got to be in this together. And like he was saying, too, we have an enemy that's against us, trying to kill, steal, destroy, divide, deceive. And and, and that's that's what's going on. So we're, we're in a spiritual battle. That's what we face. As followers of Jesus, we are in a spiritual battle, and we have to daily seek the Lord, trust Him, follow Him, depend on His strength, and and ask him to show us, open our eyes to see things, you know, clearly and through his lens. We continue to go to his word, and and then we also we just have to understand that we're called to love people and seek unity, you know, the, the best we can, especially within the church. And and we're in this together, in the sense we've got to help one another out. We got to help family members out. Sometimes that that means financially and 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 that sort of thing. But but we've got to lift each other up, build each other up. We're all trying to attack and we're all trying to to tear each other down. We do this in a lot of different ways. And and so I I appreciate the message uh, and the heart, I think, behind what Solomon was saying. And we as believers, we've got to lead the way. We've got to be the light. We've got to set an example of, of what it means to help one another, serve one another, and like I said, sacrifice for one another. Sometimes that means financially. And and so, you know, even me here at Unpacking It, we're a ministry. So we're all in this together. So many of you support this ministry financially. And so you work hard at your job. I work hard at my job to, to bring you a podcast that I hope encourages you and gives you some things to think about spiritually, faith-wise, as a dad, as a husband, as a sports fan, all those sort of things. And so you support this ministry. And so... We we you know, we link arms in that way, and so I think that can play out in in multiple ways. But all too often, we're all in it for ourselves um, in in life, and so it's just like 
you know, in some ways we're all trying to survive day to day. And she's like, man, how do, how do I, how do I get ahead for myself, uh, for my family? But I think as followers of Jesus, we want to look at, look out further. Even, you know, we want to take care of our family for sure. Uh, even our extended family, but, but also to look beyond, okay, who's hurting, who needs us, who needs money, who needs a call, who needs encouragement, who needs a helping hand, who, who needs uh, some wisdom, who, who needs uh, a hug? You know, it's just all these sort of things. But we gotta we gotta keep our head up, right, uh, around us, looking around, uh, but also keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and that outpouring of love and sacrifice when we look to the cross, and 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 He laid down His life for us, and so He He gave up the the splendor of heaven to come to earth to die on the cross for you and I, and that was the ultimate sacrifice. And so you and I can make some in comparison, minor sacrifices, uh, sometimes sacrificing our comfort, sacrificing our desire to give an opinion or to be right, you know, a lot of these different things. Uh, some of our preferences, some of our, our old mindsets, our old judgmental attitudes, stereotypes, all those kinds of things. We got to break down some of those walls. I think I think for the most part, yeah, Solomon and I were, were on the same page with, with a lot of that Again, I'm a Jesus guy, so let's let's live for Him, follow Him, and love one another, and and seek unity. But I'm also not delusional to realize it's really hard, and it's it's not it's it's hard to find. It is, but at least you and I, as I say at the end of the show, uh, so we'll wrap it up now. But but I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that He died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by His grace. And I hope that's true for you. And I hope you'll join me, right? Join me as we live life as sports fans. So we do this together, but we also follow Jesus together. And, and so we're in this together um, in a lot of different ways. And, and so not just you and I as, as listeners and, and hosts, but, but also as followers of Jesus. And, and we're, we're connected through the whole, by the Holy Spirit and, and you know, through Jesus to one another. And so let's, let's not forget that. And let's, let's operate in that. And so uh, there's the encouragement and the challenge for all of us. It's a challenge to me uh, as well. I don't have it all figured out. And, and so I got, some, I got some improving to do and some growth and continue to trust Jesus to change me from the inside out. There you go. Solomon Wilcox. I'm Bryce Johnson. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.